0: Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn.
1: And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas.
0: Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ.
1: Today on Lit, we're going to pick up on our conversations about the daily office by rounding out our look at the 1979 Book of Common Prayer as it relates to Compline. Noonday prayer and daily devotions. These are the three pieces that we have left to kind of explore under this umbrella, as we've been saying the last several episodes, pray every day, pray every day, yep. as we think about developing a habit of prayer. So just to kind of give some context as it relates to what we've already talked about, uh, we have morning prayer. So here's a, here's what a trajectory might look like in your daily prayer if you were to use pieces from the prayer book uh, while highlighting some of these ones we're going to talk about today. You might start your day with morning prayer as we discussed a couple episodes ago. Then you might move into noonday prayer because if you remember when we were talking about the, the monastic influence on the daily office, noonday prayer fills three slots from that monastic rhythm. And those three slots are terse, sext, And nun. And so what that means is if you look at noonday prayer, there's some options inside noonday prayer. You can there's three different readings, three different colics, three different psalms. Uh there's actually four different little colics, but two talk about noonday. And the idea is you might start your day with morning prayer, then around 10, you might do the first set of noonday prayer. You might go through noonday prayer focusing on the first of everything of your choices. And then at noon, you might do the second, and then around two, maybe three, you'll do the third part of noonday prayer, and that fills in those three monastic slots I just mentioned. Then you're going to hit evening prayers we talked about last week, and then you might round out your night with Compline. Now, that's that's a big chunk of what uh, what a daily prayer life might look like if you were to follow the office. Now, to throw kind of a wrench into that, there's these beautiful daily devotions in the prayer book. Um, that follow the same rhythm of the overarching office theme. And what I mean by that is if you go to the prayer book, and we rarely cite pages, but I think it's important I do this here because these often get skipped. Uh, Bryn, you probably can relate to that. A lot of people forget, don't even know these are here because if you turn one too many pages, you've missed them. Uh, but you have in the morning, on page 137, in the morning, and it's, these are one-page devotions in the prayer book. And then the next page is at noon. The next page is in early in the early evening. And the last one is at the close of day. And that strangely probably sounds like morning prayer, a version of noonday prayer, evening prayer, Compline. And it does. And we're going to come back to this in a minute um, when we talk about kind of devotions and office and kind of how they've related to Brennan and I's life. But just so you have kind of a flow. So we really want to kind of dive into Compline noonday prayer and these daily devotions a little bit uh, by way of understanding this flow that we've been kind of alluding to and talking about for the last several weeks. Um, So let's dive in, Bryn. after that really long-winded explanation.
0: Well, I think one thing that I want to add to that is just to acknowledge that you might think of these as different, um, you know, parts of a a trajectory of, of your day of prayer, but you might also think of them as like a little life raft in the middle of your day too. Like you and I were talking before, we've both had a little bit of a rough day today. And, you know, these are especially the times that I reach for my prayer book and am like, man, I just need to refocus myself. I need to spend a little bit of time um, out of my head and, and in, into some prayer and just invite God into whatever's going on right now. So, you know, yeah, we can think of these things as, um, you know, part of a, a, a whole day's worth of prayer. And as we've talked about with the connection to the, you know, our monastic traditions, um, they were part of a, of, of a, a whole day, um, a whole 24 hour cycle of prayer. Um, but there's still something in them for us, even if we aren't using them that way. So, you know, if you haven't prayed morning prayer or, or evening prayer in weeks and you're just having, you know, a sleepless night or you woke up at, you know, 10 and, and you just need something, then there are are these sections of the prayer book, um, for you you know, for those kinds of times too.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like today, it's funny, we're talking about how we had a rough day today. I was able to, uh, right at, at lunchtime, I was able to do, um, noonday prayer, uh, the middle version. And it was kind of a, well, clearly clearly didn't have the total effect that it could have had on me. <laughs> Uh, based on our prior conversation but it does help it does help to kind of recenter refocus grab that life raft when it feels like things are turning around you mm-hmm. because that's kind of what we talked about you and i shared our kind of personal experiences with morning prayer and evening prayer that they do help you refocus and reconnect and and i think life can be especially our life today
0: and mm-hmm.
1: you know, i've been reading this just to bring in something totally crazy, but I've been reading, rereading really. I read it once, but I'm rereading Dare to Lead, but I'm reading it from, by Brene Brown and I'm mm-hmm. reading it slowly and methodically and actually working through a, a workbook that she uh, put out for it um, and kind of revisiting concepts. But multiple times in this book and other books that, I, that I'm that i reading currently, they talk about how crazy life is right now, not just because of pandemic or COVID or anything like that, but we're in a fast moving culture where yeah. things You're I I liken it to a time growing up in South Georgia. Uh, And and for those who've ever grown up in in the lowlands, uh, when you go crab fishing and you're going to go put a crab trap out, sometimes you'll work through the marsh to get to a tributary where you can put down a crab basket and catch a crab. Well, as you're walking through that marsh, you're looking for sinkholes. You're looking for all sorts of things. And that's kind of because you don't want to fall over. You don't want to get in any kind of quicksand, which exists in the marshlands. So you're to be really diligent, but it's also very taxing to mm-hmm. do that. And that's kind of what I think our environment is if we're honest with ourselves. And it's what Brene Brown talks about. It's ever changing and evolving. And a lot of times we don't acknowledge that, but I would like to put prayer on top of that and say, prayer doesn't make life not crazy, mm-hmm. but prayer gives you connection points to refocus and maybe, Start to dissect the parts of life that seem crazy and say, okay, that's really not that important right now. Yeah. Or I can do this. And that's really, I mean, arguably, if you and I had talked earlier today, I probably would have been in a more cynical state than I was when you <laughs> and I talked recently. But I think that's strictly because noonday prayer, you know, when I actually, to even make the point, drive the point home even further. I uh, was reading at noonday that there's in noonday prayer there's the colic that says at noonday our savior hung on the cross, and and for some reason that just stuck with me because, yes, blessed. So this is in noonday prayer. And this is what really hit me today. Blessed savior, at this hour you hung upon the cross, stretching out your loving arms. Grant that all the peoples of the earth may look to you and be saved for your tender mercy's sake. And that yeah. whole first part was like, Justin. On November 18th, you ain't that important. <laughs> That's kind of what I needed to hear though. And where I heard it in the words that Jesus was there for me. Yeah. And love. All right, let's get the focus. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still a little, as we, we were discussing, uh, you know, we're still struggling with stuff, but okay, let me get some perspective on what we're what we're about. So it's a long-winded way of probably echoing what you said. That is. These are connection points, and I do think they have. If we let them and we enter into this prayerful time, into yeah. these, they can have a real effect.
0: Yeah. Well, they do give yeah. us some perspective on, you know, maybe maybe how small we are, and that's actually a comfort. Um, you know, that that we aren't so big, and um, something much bigger than us is is taking care of us and is loving us no matter what. I mean, I think. I think when we talk about spiritual practices and, you know, prayer as of one of many spiritual practices, um, it's easy to think about, you know, or get sort of wrapped up in, you know, I don't have time to stop and pray. I don't, I don't have time to, um, you know, I, or even we, we press ourselves to have to, to think about, you know, how do we fit this in, um, and in some sense, I think this section of the prayer book—these little, these little services um, and the and the daily devotions—are sort of meant to just be taken with you. You don't—they aren't so much you stop as um, they come to.
1: Yeah, and they—and I would say a little bit further than that is. I think if you are having a trouble with a pattern and it feels like prayer is taking too long, which is totally normal. We've, I think you and I alluded to that in previous episodes that sometimes it just feels long and you're kind of grinding through it. These Compline and Noonday prayer, in particular and the daily devotions, I think, and I think you might agree with me, um, are a great way to start to develop that pattern because they're a little bit more tangible. Mm-hmm. A little bit more straightforward. There's less mechanics involved in preparing yourself uh, to actually participate and and pray the liturgy as it's written. Whereas with morning prayer and evening prayer, you've got to do a little work of getting your psalms, getting your readings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas new day prayer and compline you can dive right in. There's your choices and the rubrics, the the words in italics, kind of guide you through it. Uh, and I think that's a good way to 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 kind of learn. Now I will say just to kind of shift gears a little bit, there are some differences with some, uh, pieces like the Lord's prayer in noonday prayer and Compline versus the Lord's prayer. Uh, if it's recited in evening prayer, and morning prayer. And one of the big differences, and I see this with my youth groups, when I used to to primarily do youth ministry, we'd always celebrate Compline at the end of the night
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and you get to the part of Compline, and I'm sure you've been here before. Oh yeah. Uh, or you get to the part and you're reading the Lord's prayer. And of course, everybody, you've been doing compliment for weeks. So a lot of the youth, unless they're visiting with us, kind of have it memorized. So they're not even looking at the prayer book or they're, maybe they're familiar with the Episcopalian or they're just, a, or they're just familiar with the Lord's prayer and you get in there. They're kind of like, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom. And the, and we're like, and everybody else just stops and they just keep going. <laughs> Because in Noonday Prayer and Compline, that doxology we call, that ending is not there. Yeah. And, and the reasoning is the actual liturgy for Compline in particular, where this is probably best explained, that liturgy, one, didn't exist in the prayer book before this 1979 Book of Common Prayer. Mm-hmm. Two, it is an ancient liturgy for night prayer and the way the lord's prayer was recited in the early church and you see this in some of the writings of the church fathers especially if you look at uh on the lord's prayer the fathers who wrote on the lord's prayer yep they don't all reference a doxology
0: no well a and practice. it's not in the scriptural uh,
1: exactly
0: basis for it
1: they're leaning on the scriptural presentation of the lord's prayer as uh, as presented to them through church fathers before them in the worship life, presumably, of the church at the time. And we're talking in the first few hundred years of Christianity. And that's what's really cool, I think, about Noonday Prayer and Compline is they reconnect you to these ancient roots that this liturgy, and we've said this before, and I think it's always important to highlight it, this liturgy of Compline is not some American invention in the American prayer book. Yeah, It's something that we've recaptured not just from Anglican tradition, but from Christian tradition and brought and placed back and said, this is important in our life in this prayer book. And the Lord's prayer is different because we're honoring this tradition that has been cultivated and passed down to us and we've captured it. So you get a more, dare I say, a more scriptural version of the Lord's prayer in its construct mm-hmm. than you do in the Eucharist or in morning or evening prayer, depending on Uh, how you celebrate those.
0: Yeah. Well, other uh, Christian traditions don't necessarily use that doxology at the end of the Lord's prayer um, ever. Um, So we, we sort of, you know, get to share something with them in those, in those times too. I think it's also on the, you know, while we're talking about the Lord's prayer, it's worth saying that in in any of these prayer services, whether it's morning prayer or Compline um, or anything in between, we always say the Lord's Prayer, and it's not just you know because it sounds nice and everybody you know mostly has it memorized, um, but we say it because it's actually the 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 one way that we know we've been told to pray. That that when the disciples ask Jesus, "How do we pray?" Jesus says, you say our father who is in heaven, um, you know, and continues on. And, and we have that in the gospel of Matthew and we have that in the gospel of Luke. Um, and so we, we included in all of these services because it's, you know, it's like this acknowledgement that, um, that we don't actually even know how to pray for ourselves. Uh, and so At the end of the day, we rely on words that Jesus has already given us to pray for us. Um, And again, I think that's what makes some of this such a, you know, like we talked about earlier, a a life raft in the middle of the day. Um, We don't even have to, you know, we don't have to know how to pray for ourselves even. We just, you know, if all you can do is uh, look up from your your computer, uh, long enough to say the Lord's prayer, uh, then, then you, then you have already done something to invite God into that moment.
1: Yeah. What's cool is, uh, if you go look at the scripture around the Lord's prayer, so it's in Matthew six, as you said, and then Luke 11, um, you can see that the disciples, and I think like us, in that particular moment in their relationship with Jesus, which in Matthew, it's still a fairly new relationship yeah, and Luke, really. it's fairly new as well. Maybe not as new, but I think like us in this, they're looking for something to hold on to help us in our prayer life, help us know that what we're doing in prayer is appropriate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, and the, the words in the Lord's prayer are beautiful. And to tie it to this, if you were to, to look at the petitions in the Lord's Prayer, you get a sense that one is directly towards uh, God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come.
0: Mm-hmm. Your
1: will be done. Yep. And then there's a lot of references potentially to human needs and, and things that we long for. Now, take that, and this is what I I encourage people to do. Look at the Lord's Prayer, and now go back out of Noonday Prayer or Compline and start looking at the wording and what the other prayers are saying around that. Yeah. And there's power in the fact that the church has captured, I think, well, those basic petitions that Jesus taught his disciples, taught us to say, and we've kind of expounded on those. Mm -hmm. And you start to see the colics, and you start to see – some of the movements of these different liturgies we've talked about to date as really just this kind of connecting to this deep, powerful way Jesus invited us to pray. Um, And I think that's really cool. And I think it's really powerful. And again, it helps us when we're having bad days or good days to connect Mm -hmm. because we're not just connecting to something that's shallow or not well thought out. I mean, we're connecting to something deep and life-giving that has been life-giving for millennia, Mm -hmm. not just centuries, not just decades, millennia. And we're diving in. And it's kind of cool.
0: I totally agree. So one of the things that we have, uh, talked about through, through this sort of section, the prey error day, um, now we've talked about the office, and we've talked about these devotions, these like little smaller services. Um, but I, why is there a difference between you know, or what is the difference between saying the daily office and and saying uh, another service that might be considered um, a devotion and not the not the office?
1: So this is funny, and I remember you kind of chuckling when I shared this as we were thinking about this episode and what we what we were hoping people would hear. My liturgics professor uh, said something to the effect that a devotion is like a drop of dew on a leaf in the desert, and the office is like the rain in the desert that brings forth abundance. And I think uh, what he meant by that is not diminishing one over the other, but one is an entry point into the other. So the the dew brings life in the desert. A drop of water in a dry desert is everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go watch a Nat Geo show and watch how dew in the desert makes all the cactus go boom for like five minutes and then they close back up. (laughs) And then a rain, of course, makes them not just open up, but blossom and bloom. And I think that's strictly because Uh, the, just the pattern that the offices create and the exposure and the changing of the prayers, the Psalms just inadvertently are going to move you in a slightly different way than a devotion. Well, it doesn't make a devotion less than an office, but as you go through morning and evening prayer, you're going to be exposed to different lessons, different readings from scripture. When I say lessons, different Psalms that are going to hit different human emotions, connect you to different points in human history. And more importantly, human history with God and you're going to seasonally move through with the church, the church seasons. And we've talked about that a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. The devotions are static in the sense that you could change some things out. But if I'm honest, most people are going to use the devotion as it's written in the prayer book. So you're going to kind of read the same Psalm and the same reading, which can be powerful and it can definitely give you some nourishment in the day. But probably not in the same way that a habit of really walking through the offices, particularly morning and evening prayer, if mm-hmm. nothing else, are going to provide for you. That I think will bring an abundance that's going to be maybe longer than momentary, maybe. That's my hunch, if you were to really dive into this practice.
0: Yeah, i think of that when you when you said that metaphor it just immediately converted in my head to a food metaphor and I was thinking the devotions are like a snack you know they'll get you they'll they'll get you through the the midday um, until you can get a real meal or they'll get you through the night if you're you know uh, if you're hungry for something um, but they're not they're not the full meal that's gonna really quench that hunger and feed you um it's not the nourishment it just is something to hold you over until you can get you know take off a bite or chunk uh, a bigger bite um with that and i think some of that you know i i just i thought that was such an interesting way of thinking about it the way you described um because i think there's this acknowledgement too that um that we need a lot from God that our morning prayer and our evening prayer are, um, you know, they, they really, there's a lot in it, um, because we need a lot from
1: God. A lot, a lot, and where else are you going to get it, right? How are, When we say we need a lot from God, you know, what's one of the ways that we're going to get that? Well, we're going to get it probably in exposing ourselves to a little bit more scripture, a little bit more prayer, and a little bit more, you know, this is my ascetical side coming out of the early church is going to say this last statement. I have to give the disclaimer because it's going to sound <laughs> maybe kind of harsh, but it gives us a little more discipline. Yeah. I'm afraid that depending on how we approach the devotions, they can become a bit of a crutch that prevents us from strengthening our discipline of prayer. Maybe that's controversial, but that's just my kind of opinion. um, That by diving into morning and evening prayer, diving into those two main offices in our Anglican tradition, as it's understood in this 1979 book of common prayer is going to take us. It just will. It just, it may take some time of practice, but it will take us, into a deep place. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll kind of grow spiritually in a in a pretty powerful mm-hmm. way, I think. Mm-hmm. But that's asceticism, it's intentional formation. yeah. And that's what the offices create. The devotions, as you said, apertif, maybe not quite the same, yeah. same way.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean, man, I we could I know you and I could talk for a long time about. Discipline and spiritual disciplines. And I think we're both on the same page with, um, with trying to cultivate discipline for ourselves. Um, and, and I think that the church encourages us to, um, to work on our discipline. Um, and to, you know, because what, what does a discipline do for you? It helps you go deeper. Um, you know, it takes discipline to do more than just scratch the surface. It takes discipline to come back again and again. Um, it takes discipline to to do it when it doesn't, when it's not convenient, when it doesn't feel good, when it, um, you know. But but to know, to be directed toward what you know is right, and to stick with it, uh, is is you know something that we that we all need. At the end of this conversation here, um, speaking of which, uh, about discipline, one of the disciplines that's often overlooked um, in our prayer book, but that that we wanted to mention toward the end of this time here is the discipline of silence. Um, it's is sort of the the like reading between the lines part of of the prayer book, um, you know. So in the prayer book, we have we have lots of instructions, the church. The church word for instructions is rubric, Um, and uh, so we have these little things in italics that come between the different prayers that tell you a little bit of information about what you can do, or tell you what the options are, or sometimes they tell you if you're going to stand up or if you're supposed to sit down or who's supposed to be talking. But one of the things that that we get throughout, um, especially the daily office prayers, is the instruction for silence. And that's uh being able to keep silent before God is an incredible discipline. In fact, the our our monastic uh, you know forebears, our spiritual ancestors that spent their um, their lives in the desert, one of their you know, most important aspirations was to just sit in silence before God. Um, And so it's worth noting just that throughout these services, you might see it like before we say the confession um, or after the readings, there's a, there's an option there to just keep a little bit of silence. And that's not just to have a, you know, a kind of aesthetic pause between these things but to really just be silent before God.
1: I'm practicing that right now. <laughs> Cause I thought that so right. That's the, I, I, it's just, well, I was going to make this point and I think I just ruined it, but you stopped talking and I was silent. And sometimes we equate that with awkwardness when in actuality, I think what this does for us is teaches us that silence is okay. And sometimes we probably talk a little too much or we kind of are doing too much. And that silence is also, and, and I, I was thinking about um, John Cashin, uh, who's a, a desert father who arguably, even before St. Benedict is the, um, the forerunner of modern monasticism, equates silence with stillness, you know, be still and just be you in front of God. Just be the beloved child of God that, God's called you to be right in that moment. And I think that's where silence is powerful. It's not awkward. It's not about what's next. It's about that moment, that moment of silence. Mm -hmm. Where are you? Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. It was sometimes often overlooked across all the liturgies, but particularly in the offices, you kind of plow through to the next thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, how in both the morning prayer service and the evening prayer service, the very beginning of the service, we say, you know, we acknowledge that we can't do this. We can't even do this prayer without God. You know, at the beginning of morning prayer, Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Um, you know, we 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 open our mouth and we let God speak um, the prayer in us. And silence, I think, is the complement to that. Silence is where, um, you know, where we acknowledge that we have nothing to say before God, but that it is God who prays in us. Um, We've mentioned that before, and we've talked about some scriptural, you know, basis for that, but nothing says that more than just closing our mouth and waiting to hear what God is saying to us. And these services, whether it's morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, compline, or any of these daily devotional services, um, gives us another opportunity to just put ourselves in front of God and to, to re identify ourselves as, as people who have um, so much to gain by just being in the presence of God.
1: And I think that just calls us to attention. There's one thing I want to do as we round this out. I want to say this and I want to round this out with this beautiful, I think it's just appropriate after we finish kind of this section on the offices, but it draws our minds to notice those rubrics, those kind of parameters that are in the prayer book. And when it says silence may be kept, keep it, Mm -hmm. keep it. Uh, Just kind of be in that place. And I think I really want to close with this, Brent. I was thinking it, these concluding sentences at the end of morning prayer. It just seems so appropriate as we kind of round out this prayer every day. I just want us to kind of to bask in these words um, until we meet again here on this podcast. And this is uh, at the end of morning prayer on page 102. We have this conclude. There's three choices for concluding sentences that may be said. Uh, and I love the one from Ephesians. Well,
0: oh, my favorite too.
1: Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Until we meet again. Let's just bask in those words as we practice our daily prayer. Lit is a production of the Reverend Bryn Bond and the Reverend Justin Yon, Episcopal priest in Austin, Texas. Bryn is the church vicar and planter of Church of the Incarnation in Austin, Texas. And Justin is the rector at St. Luke's on the Lake Episcopal Church. We are so thankful for your listenership. If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard during this episode, please do not hesitate to email either Bryn or Justin at the emails listed in the show notes. We look forward to you listening further. Episodes come out on Mondays or Tuesdays every week. Please stay tuned for more and thank you.